Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. The Growing in Grace podcast at growingingrace.org. We've uh, had that website up for several years now. All of our past podcasts you can find right there, uh, well over 900 of them. 18 and a half years or so worth of podcast, a little more than that. So a uh, search tool on the website, search for any topic that you may um, wonder if we've talked about, and maybe you'll find some podcasts uh, that relate to that. Right now, I am with the coolest man in the world, myself. No, Mike Kapler. Mike Kapler. I'm Joel <laughs> Breezy, by more. the way. <laughs> I need to get out more. I'm out enough. I'm an introvert. I like being home. I like being. You are an introvert. One of the few men who can do an introverted podcast. (laughs) It's interesting. I I won't go off on this, but we were talking about this at supper last night just because my daughter's an introvert and I'm an introvert. But uh, introverts can be social. We can be very social and outgoing, but there's a limit. It's like (laughs) we we, we really, you need a lot more time to recharge than like an extrovert. An extroverted person gets kind of a charge out of being open and out and, and social and introvert. It really drains them pretty quickly, at least depending on the introvert. So it's like, I saw this meme the other day. It's like pretty much as soon as I get somewhere, I'm like, eh, I'm ready to leave. (laughs) Mm, mm. It's not quite like that, but anyway. Wow. It's interesting. Well, I think, I'm also an introvert, but maybe not on a, on a, a different scale than what you are. Um, and, and maybe it's increased over the years for me. Yeah. Uh, because it might have depended on what job I was doing at the time or something like that, where I was more exposed to the public and just needed to force myself out there. That's what my dad did when we were young people going to work. My dad had a lot of young people working for him in retail. And uh, boy, he. It was a different time than what we have now. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, if you complained, you got fired. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It'd be and, a lot of uh, fired people these days. But, yeah, he would make us, um, he'd force us. He's, we had, you know, quiet people, you know, young people trying to find themselves. And, uh, and uh, boy, he would try and bring it out of them, man. I mean, he would he would rail into somebody. If, if customers walked by him and they weren't saying hi and going out of their way, he, he would pull them aside oh. <laughs> and let them have it. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, he would even, back in that day, Joel, uh, he would even make us uh, memorize customers' names, learn, learn three names a week. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. At least, you know, either a last name or a first name. And, and back then, one trick to do that, of course, sometimes you could hear another employee start calling somebody by name because they knew each other or whatever. Uh, but another trick back then was people wrote checks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Have their name so right the next on there. time they came in, you could say, oh, uh, hi, Mrs. Jones, or hi, Frank. Right. And, uh, and this wasn't your big, like, modern-day mega grocery store. This is like a little, no, little no. It, grocery it was, store. It was easier to do back then, granted, because of that. But uh, still, it was, like I said, it, it was a different time. Yeah. Well, I've been at a place where I've been working for almost, well, over 30 years, and there's still a lot of names that I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible with names. 
yeah. good with faces, well, that but happens horrible. when you get older too, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, hey, we kind of teased this last week. Um, something that Joel and I spent quite a bit of time talking about recently off the air and we kind of joked around about how man i i wish for the last 20 minutes we just had the tape rolling Uh, even though it wasn't a formal podcast it was just he and i talking you ever watch uh like something about a tv show or a radio show or anything even a sports team anything that goes on behind the scenes is really interesting and i i think some of the conversations we had on this thing that we're going to be talking about would have been kind of fun for people to to listen to just to hear you and me uh, off the cuff talking uh, before we got ready to record because there were some interesting things that we brought up. But Joel, uh, Gentiles, let's talk about Gentiles because in the book of Acts, now we'll get into, maybe we'll start out here with what is a Gentile. But in the book of Acts, interestingly, non-Jewish people, Gentiles are barely mentioned and really not mentioned at all in the context of having the Spirit and getting saved until seven to ten years after Jesus rose from the dead, which is interesting because Jesus clearly spoke to his disciples about going out into the world to all nations, and that word nation comes from the word Gentile, and and go out there and and share this with everybody. and I just don't think they, they got it. But so what is a Gentile? Well, in it's Strong's 1484 is uh, where we get, we see Gentiles in, in the New Testament. Ethnikos is the Greek word. It means a foreigner. It can also mean a heathen, a non-Jew, a pagan, an outsider from another nation, a non-Israelite. Uh, one helps word study says a non-covenant person. Hmm. And so just wanted to mention that it, as we've talked about before on the podcast it doesn't just mean an unbeliever in general it's specifically talking about non-jewish people who may or may not be believers now we know in christ since the cross that there really is no difference between jew and gentile but there certainly was back then especially in in those days because you know you the Jews, I mean, Israel, such a rich heritage there, uh, going back to Abraham and the days of Moses and, and the, all the, the years and centuries to follow under a law, under a, what we call an old covenant that God had established on Mount Sinai. And, and so there was this rich heritage, this historical thing, this because, you know, obviously the, the Jews believed that salvation came through them, something Jesus talked about with a Samaritan woman. And so... It seems, Joel, that in the first part of the book of Acts, close to being within that first decade after the resurrection, it seems like Gentiles weren't really on the radar. All the focus was on communicating the message of Jesus with Jewish people. And which, again, is interesting because, like you said, you know, Jesus had specifically told them, whether it's the, you look at the end of Matthew, he spoke to them, to his disciples, uh, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, well, a lot of versions say, and make disciples of all the nations. But if you look at the original language, it's actually, you know, make disciples, that's a noun. But the word is actually a verb, teach. It, it should say, go therefore and teach all the nations. That's a side note. But all the nations, not just Jews, not just the Jews that are here in Jerusalem, not not just the Jews who are here where we are, but you go and teach all nations. You'll see a similar thing in in, in um, Luke. But then in Acts, 
one, it's <laughs> again, it's interesting because they're supposed to be following these instructions that he had that he had given them, and he they, again, um, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So there's like instructions that have been given to them that it it's involves more than just teaching Jewish people, but it's they're supposed to be going out to all the nations, to the Gentiles as well. This, you know, previously, the covenant that God had was exclusively with Israel. It was with them. Other people were not allowed in. Well, they could. They could come in, but they had to agree to keep the covenant. Otherwise, Gentiles were completely excluded from God. It, Ephesians 2 says that Gentiles were far off without God, you know, having no hope and without God in the world. That was the state of Gentiles before the new covenant, before the gospel of grace. That was the state of Gentiles. Now things were changing and this new covenant, which really was not a covenant between God and any people, any group of people, but it was a covenant that he made with himself. He swore an oath to himself and it was based on the blood of Jesus. And everybody, Jewish people, the people of Israel, and people from all the nations, Gentiles, were going to be included in this. And so they were instructed that this gospel should go out to all the people. But like you say, and this is what we'll be talking about here, you don't see evidence of these Jewish apostles uh, and leaders teaching Gentiles the gospel for quite some time. And if you think about, just think back to the last 10 years of your own life. A lot has happened in 10 years. And in 10 years or so, 7 or 10 years, whatever the timeline is, no mention of this gospel to the Gentiles at the beginning of the New Covenant era. And it's kind of like, uh, that causes some problems. But So we'll get into that uh, as we uh, go on with this. Yeah, so not only Jesus, even before the cross, telling his disciples, or or after the cross, either one, telling his disciples that they're going to go out and share this message with all nations. Again, a, a route from that implies non-Jewish people, but it, it didn't quite sink in. I mean, it kind of like, you know, when Jesus would say, you know, that the Son of Man was, was going to, you know, be beaten, crucified, die, however he said that, and it would rise again on the third day. I, it's almost like some of what Jesus would say sort of went over the heads. They just didn't mm -hmm. quite understand it. They couldn't quite attain whatever it was he was trying to tell them on certain occasions. But in, in Acts chapter 2, after the Spirit fell on people and, and uh, tongues of fire rested upon their heads, they began to speak in, in other languages. It says in Acts 2.5, now there's this assumption that Gentiles were at this event and were getting saved and having the Spirit poured out upon them as well. But that's not what I see here in Acts chapter 2, verse 5. It says, now there were dwelling in Jerusalem at this time of the Spirit falling on uh, the believers. There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Jewish people who came to Jerusalem from other countries who spoke other languages. Mm -hmm. And at the sound of the multitude coming together, they were bewildered because uh, each one of them was hearing them speak in their own language, and they were astonished. 
And they said they were kind of saying, wait a minute, what's going on here? Aren't, aren't these people from around here? But why are they speaking these languages from where we are, Jewish people? who maybe even lived in Gentile nations. And then Peter went on to give the sermon, and he quotes something from uh, the book of Joel, the prophet Joel. In the last days, Peter says, uh, quoting from Joel, in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and he goes on. And then at the end of that quote, from that prophet, he says this, and it shall come to pass that everyone who that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So with all of this in mind, as we've already kind of alluded to, it's interesting that from this point on here in Acts chapter 2 until, as we've said, most historical timelines will show seven to ten years later that Peter would receive a vision from God about Gentiles coming to salvation. <laughs> Up until that time, it doesn't seem that that was happening. And it kind of makes you go, hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the kind of stuff we, I think we want to talk about maybe in the, the weeks ahead, if it takes that long, because I think there's interesting things to, to dig up on this. But uh, when we get to Acts chapter 10, which I don't know if we're going to do that today or if we're going to wait until next week here, but... We'll get to Acts chapter 10, where Peter has this vision about a man, a, a Gentile man, a non-Jewish man named Cornelius, and God is directing him to go there, and we'll start splicing into that. Well, yeah, and uh, kind of a, in something that I've just had thought about, um, at the place where I worked, for many years I had done a certain job, and long story short, on that job, I wasn't allowed access to various places in within the hospital set, setting that I worked in. You had to have a, a key or a badge that would let you in certain places. Well, then, a couple years ago, I took on a position where all of a sudden I'm given access to these, like the ER, to various places that are employee-only. Um, you have to work in that area in order to have access to it. And it was kind of weird for me because all those years, I didn't have access. I wasn't supposed to go in those places. And then all of a sudden, I was given access to it. And I felt, for a while, I just felt kind of weird going into those places. And um, and then almost like all these people who have known me for years, knowing that I'm not supposed to go there, now they're seeing me there going into these places. What are they going to think? It In, in reality, it, do, it doesn't really matter. It didn't really matter because I was given access to that, and that's where I was supposed to go. But... I just kind of wonder if this mindset, that kind of a mindset, maybe had something to do with this. The Jewish people were not supposed to have anything to do with the Gentiles. The Gentiles were separate. They were apart. Again, they were far off from God. They were without God, having no hope. And there was this mindset within the Jewish mind that this thing was for Jews only. The, the covenant that we were under was for us, for Jews only. And now this new covenant, okay, that's great, that's wonderful, but it's still in their minds, even though, again, they had been told, especially these apostles, go to all nations, but you just kind of wonder if there was something in their mindset that said, I'm not supposed to go to, I'm not supposed to associate with Gentiles. I don't really know if we we're supposed to be doing this. And so... For whatever reason, whether, again, it was fear or ignorance, they just didn't know, 
maybe they did know, like, you know, we'll talk about Peter a little bit, and maybe he, he kind of did kind of understand some things, but yet was afraid to go and eat with the Gentiles. We'll, we'll read some of that, talk about some of that. But you just kind of wonder if that kept them from going to the Gentiles, at least at first, until uh, God gave the revelation of the gospel to the apostle Paul. And Paul had quite a fight ahead of him once he received that revelation of the gospel, that it was not just for the Jewish people, not just for Israel, but it was for the Gentiles. So again, even though they had been told previously, this is for everybody, it, it really took several years before some of these Jewish people began to realize that this is actually for Gentiles. And I think some of the Jewish people never really did catch on to that. And so that makes the history of the church a little bit even more interesting. It is interesting. And, and I think uh, as we get into uh, this a little bit further, especially uh, toward Acts chapter 10, uh, we're going to see, I think, the thing that was preventing people like Peter from taking this message to the Gentiles. And guess what? It has to do with the Mosaic law and their perceptions of it, even then. And so let's talk about it next week here on the Growing in Grace podcast. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.